Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. I'm your host, Peter. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we are doing a review uh, for the 30th anniversary of 1988's Beetlejuice. And returning uh, is my son, Phoenix. Hello, everybody. Yeah, so if you guys uh, missed it, he was just recently on the uh, Ready Player One episode. We did an instant take on that. I had a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, for long-time listeners, you guys will remember that I did start off the show with him. So uh, here he is again. Um, So Beetlejuice is the movie that we are uh, reviewing today. But before we do that, I'd like to take a trip back to when this weekend uh, or the weekend that this movie released and look at some of the other movies that came out as well. Uh, The same weekend, we had a movie called uh, The Seventh Sign and also Bright Lights, Big City, uh, Phoenix. I don't expect you to know any of those um but the movie that i'm familiar with is bright lights big city because that had michael j fox in it um so that's the movie i watched and you know it was definitely a different role for him um i wouldn't say i recommend it it was it was okay really um honestly i don't remember much about it except for i think he's living in new york and there's some drug usage oh okay yeah, so uh, both those movies kind of sound like uh, B movies. Uh, yeah, they, one of those, not the one with Michael J. Fox, but the other one did. Uh, the other one, The Seventh Sign, that yeah, one sounds um, like a B movie. Let's see here. Uh, it has Demi Moore. Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm familiar with the cover box because I remember seeing it when I worked at Blockbuster. Um, but obviously, Demi Moore. You know, she she was big in the '80s, early '90s. Mm. Uh, the number one song at the time of this movie's release, I think you've heard of it. It's called "Man in the Mirror" by Michael Jackson. <laughs> Oh, Michael Jackson, yes. Yeah, so uh, it was a big hit. Um, it was only number one for uh, two weeks, but um, big big year for, for music. Wow, a lot of songs. Weeks? It was only number one for two That's weeks. That's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, it's, a, it's a great song, too. A little surprise, you're right. Yeah, two weeks for that song. But, um, you know, just to throw it out here, the, the song that is number one after it is Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car by Billy Ocean, which is uh, a favorite of mine, too. How long um, was that on top four? That was on for two weeks as well. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. So a lot mm-hmm. of two-weekers. Uh, my, uh, George Michael uh, was earlier that year with Father Figure for two weeks, Never Gonna Give You Up. You know, f- for those that know what Rick Rolled is on on YouTube and online, that uh-huh. that was number one for two weeks. Uh, it makes me mad that Man in the Mirror is <laughs> only for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so there we go. That is the weekend uh, of Beetlejuice's release. So again, Beetlejuice came out in 1988. Uh, we'll get into the movie now. Uh, this was directed by Tim Burton. Uh, Phoenix, this is obviously a director you're familiar with. Oh, yes, Ray. Um, now... I have actually done a number of uh, Tim Burton movies. You were on one that was produced by him, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and the ones that you did not join on, but I did review on this show, was uh, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which was uh, his directorial debut. He follows it up with Beetlejuice, with uh, which is what we're 
reviewing today. Um, then after Beetlejuice, he did Batman. Wow, that was his first three movies? Yeah, first That's three crazy. movies. Yeah, and then he does, you know, Batman Returns. Um, I don't have his entire filmography here, uh, there, but, you know, he, he had some pretty big hits there in the late 80s, uh, mm, early yeah. 90s as well. He had some uh, really good ideas with the claymation sequences. Yeah, absolutely. So, Beetlejuice, is this, what did you know about this movie uh, before watching it for your first time? Honestly, I thought it was just like another Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy type movie. Um, I didn't know too much. I didn't even know Michael Keaton was one of the main characters in this movie. That was interesting. <laughs> okay. So um, do you remember seeing like a, any posters or images of Beetlejuice at all growing up? No, but I do remember going to Universal Studios like two years ago and seeing Beetlejuice running around, um, talking to different people, being all vulgar-like. So yeah, that's repulsive. probably my only image. A little yep. repulsive. Um, mm-hmm. He was wearing the striped, his iconic striped suit. Yes. Yeah. So you don't see him in that too much in this movie, which was a little surprising. Um, but how surprising was it to see that he wasn't even the main character. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. That he'd be like all up in like every single scene, um, talking to the characters constantly. But he was only like a, a side character, as if they were setting him up for like a sequel. Yeah, funny you said that because there was a sequel in the works. Uh, actually, it's still currently in the works. But um, originally, uh, there was supposed to be a sequel like way back when, something about Hawaii. I don't, I don't even know. But currently, there's something in the works. I don't know how far into production they are or is it still in kind of developmental hell but um yeah beetlejuice the character he doesn't come into the movie until about 25 minutes in and he's only got about 17 minutes of screen time i think it was actually like 40 minutes i think i think when he first came into the show i like or to the movie i like paused to see exactly how many minutes there was because he came so late and I was actually surprised so I could check it. It might be 20. I might be exaggerating, but it was definitely a really long time. Yeah, because 40 minutes is, is already almost halfway into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, this was only an hour and a half. I, I, I remembered it being a little bit longer, maybe. This isn't one I would say I grew up watching, but I definitely watched this quite a bit. Like, there was nothing new to me, really. I mean, there were some minor details here and there that I may not have picked up when I was younger, but I probably haven't seen this in at least, gosh, I I don't know if I've seen this in its entirety since you've been born, you know, and you're, you know, almost 18 now. Mm -hmm. So um, it has been a long time. I've seen bits and pieces, I feel, on TV, you know, in recent years, but... Uh, like the uh, the actor Robert Goulet, I I didn't know he was in this movie. Uh, it's been that long. Um, but let's talk about the some of the characters real quick. So the title uh, Beetlejuice, it is played by Michael Keaton, which we kind of uh, mentioned. Uh, the Maitlands, uh, Adam is played by Alec Baldwin. Gina Davis plays his wife Barbara. They're basically this couple that dies like seven minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was really surprising to see too. <laughs> yeah, so they die pretty early on uh, after uh, their death. A, another family, the Dietz, they move in. Uh, we got Lydia, played by Winona Ryder. Um, Catherine O'Hara plays Delia, her stepmother, and Jeffrey Jones, uh, who plays his, her father, Charles. Um, I recently covered Howard the Duck, who um, also starred him in, in the movie as well. Uh, Glenn Shaddix uh, plays Otho. He's a character uh, actor. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff, especially with Tim Burton. You may... I don't know if you'll recognize him, but um, because so you remember Otho, right? Yes. The, the interior designer. Yeah. He also voiced the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So did you recognize anybody else that was in this movie? No, but the family that moved in after the newlywed dies, is it newlywed? The, mm-hmm. the n- oh, newly death. Um, newly I don't know if they were newlywed. I think they were just about to start like a vacation of theirs. I mean, okay. so they were just a married couple. Yeah, the married couple. Okay. The, anyways, the, the new family that moves in, all I could see was um, grown up with Oda Ryder as the mom in Stranger Things. Right. Uh, Kevin's mom in Home Alone. Yep. Right. And um, the principal from Ferris Bueller. You got it. Which that one, that one was really bugging me because I was like, wow, he looks so familiar, but I just can't place his face. So I like searched it up and I was like, wow, it is him. It's just without a mustache. Yeah. So uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. I mean. Donald Trump. Yeah. On uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, Gina Davis, uh, she was in some other movies. you're, You're probably not too familiar with her. But here's the crazy thing. Winona Ryder, she was your age when she filmed this movie. That's weird. She looks like she's like 12. Yeah, she does look really young in here, but yeah, um, I did see that she was 17 years old when this movie was made. Um, so what else did you know about Beetlejuice? I knew nothing else. I knew that it involved spirits, but other than that, to my extent of knowledge of this movie, it was zero. Now, did you know who scored the movie? No. Danny Elfman. Wow, I probably could have guessed that. I mean, yeah. I knew it was like Tim Burton's like regular. <laughs> yeah, Tim Burton loves using him in mm-hmm. in everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Willy Wonka, the Chocolate Factory, all the the Batman movies, um, um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Right, mm-hmm. I already kind of mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So he likes to use um, uh, Danny Elfman a lot, and this is very Danny Elfman. This is very Tim Burton feel. Um, but let's get your first impressions. It was your first time watching the movie. What did you think? I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I was sitting here watching it on the laptop and I was like, okay, another, another movie. Here we go. And then like, as I was watching, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is getting interesting. Where's, where's Beetlejuice? And then as soon as he came on, I was like, <laughs> wow, cool. This is, uh, it's going to get even more exciting. So did you think this movie was pretty dark? I didn't think it was dark. I thought it was more, um, it's like, it reminded me a lot of Adam West's Batman. Can't be. Okay. It's a very campy, creepy atmosphere. Very, at, at least for Beetlejuice, he's very punny. He he loves the puns. Yes. And that's one thing that carried uh, over into the, um, the animated series as well. And that's, I feel I watched more of the cartoons of Beetlejuice growing up than I actually did the movie. Like, I enjoyed the movie. I had no problems with it. But I think, you know... Um, we never owned Beetlejuice. That's probably one thing. And obviously the cartoons played often. Uh, I, I, I think I probably came home from school and I would watch it on TV. But um, the one thing I wish that this movie did was spent more time in the Netherlands. I, I'm not sure if they even uh, really call it what it is. You know, the underworld oh, or oh, yeah. the outer mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. But The other side. The other side. But in the cartoons, they actually call it the... I think they call it the Netherworld. And in the cartoons, Lydia and Beetlejuice are actually friends. Uh-huh. You know, before we actually started recording, I, I had you watch the tr- uh, the intro right. to the cartoon. What did you think of the intro? Or what, based off of the one minute that you saw, what speculations did you have of the of the show? I think it's just weird that they made a TV show off of it. I think it's weird to make a TV show or a movie off of like a game or a TV series off of a movie. I don't know. I just think it's weird to continue on something like that. Well, they did that a lot um, yeah. with, with a lot of different things. I mean, Bill and Ted had a had a TV show. Back to the yeah, Future had a TV weird. show. I think that's also weird. Yeah. I, I, just, I just think it's weird because I, th- I feel like a movie should stay a movie. A TV should stay a TV series. Well, if, actually, if you worked for the studios, do you think it'd be a good idea? 
Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> money, right? So yeah. they're capitalizing on the popularity of it. And I think that's what they were trying to do with the cartoons. You know, I think this movie uh, teased some really interesting stuff, you know, from the mind of Tim Burton. And then they try to do that in the cartoons by showing us that other side, you know, and because Lydia and Beetlejuice were friends, he would often call her into his world. You know, so a lot of the adventures was in his world, and you get a lot of weird characters and a lot of more magical stuff. Okay, that doesn't seem too bad, but it seems even better as a sequel, as a movie sequel. Yeah, but see, the the thing is, like the movie, it really um, sets Beetlejuice up as as the villain. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. In the cartoons, they actually made him a good guy. You know, somebody that you actually root for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think uh, Lydia, you know, called him D, uh, BJ, you know, for short in the cartoon. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I think he called her Lids or Leeds or he had a nickname for her too. So it wasn't always just Lydia. Um, her parents looked exactly the same and they were minor characters in the cartoons. And I think that's all remember, I, I remember. They don't have the Maitlands uh, in the TV show, in the cartoons. Oh. So that was pretty much it. But I, I do remember that iconic intro. Um Okay, so let's uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, a little bit of the movie. I want to start off with the very beginning. Were you fooled by that overhead shot of the miniature town? Yes. <laughs> yes, that was really good. I was like, wow. It got me there. It's that was just some empty abandoned town or something. That's one thing that I do remember enjoying about this movie was seeing uh, Adam's miniature uh, because it reminded me a lot of the uh, Hill Valley you know, miniature from mm-hmm. Back to the Future, mm-hmm. the, the series. And at one point, I think it's Adam that drives like a red truck right off, you know, off of the, the miniature because he, he got shrunken. Um, and in Back to the Future Part 1, um, while simulating an experiment, Doc winds up a red, uh, I think, Corvette or something, or, you know, like a retro, old school car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He winds that up and that goes off of the table as well. So, right. um, you know, some some ties there. And obviously this came out a few years right after Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I didn't really remember was that there's this realtor named Jane who's just really adamant about selling their home. And they're like, no, we don't want to sell. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, there's this family from New York, which are the Deets, you know, right. that want to buy it or something because I guess Charles just wants to get out of the big city. Yeah, something like that. She wants to, the woman wants to focus on her art, right? Something about art. <laughs> yeah. So she's a weird character and we'll get to them for sure. Um, so we already kind of mentioned that the Maitlands, they die like like in seven minutes into the movie. Um, well, how do you think, uh, think of, or what did you think about the way they died? That, it was weird. Just yeah. the way they died was weird. Like they saw a dog. Okay. He drives, drives off into the water, but I mean, come on, the water would couldn't have been like what? Eight feet. <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's probably not that deep, but you know, they, it looks like they've flipped over, you know? So that was yeah. the thing. But I do like the thing I like about this movie is, you know, watching it as a grown up now, I think it's actually well written. You know, they introduce some things and there's callbacks. Because when they leave the town, they show the bridge, right? So that way it's not a surprise when it comes back. But quite a surprise, like, that the dog just happens to be in the middle of of nowhere. However, you do see the dog walking around. They are out buying stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? So you do see that dog. And so it's not like it came out of nowhere. But for, you know, to further the story, they had to die. Right. But um, that's one thing I forgot that they died so early on. And, you know, we knew very little uh, about them. But the little bit that we did know, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't have to, like, 
Well, I guess the other thing is like the the way it's written. The Deets they find out stuff about the Maitlands little by little as the movie goes too. So we as the audience, I think we also kind of find out、uh, along with them.、Mm-hmm. So、um, when they got home after their crash, did you immediately already know they were dead, or did you think that they still might be alive? I thought they were still alive. I mean, they had they were still dripping、mm-hmm. right from the water. They tried to fool you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they tried to fool me. I was like. You know, I feel like they're still alive, and then they started like picking up the pieces together because they're like, "Oh, that fire wasn't on when we got or when we left."、And、I was like, "Oh, oh man, they're probably that they're probably dead." Yeah, and then there's one point where Gina Davis's character,、um, Barbara, she she burns her fingers, or her、mm-hmm. fingers are set on fire by、yep. mistake. Yep, that was weird. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, you're you you're an apparition. Like, how do you how do you catch on fire? Yeah. <laughs>、um, so the sand snakes, we we see them a little bit. That's gonna set up something, you know, that comes up later on、uh, as well. So that's just another thing where okay, the sand snakes not just gonna come out of nowhere later on in the movie, right? We're gonna introduce it early on, so that way it comes back later on,、mm-hmm. right? So even for You know,、uh, a family movie. I I think you know it's set up well. Yes.、Um, the handbook、uh, for the re- recently deceased or something like that is that、uh, okay?、Uh, just kind of popped out of nowhere. Well, I I feel like you die. That just pops up out of nowhere. Yeah.、Right? It, yeah. It's, it's for you, but I th- I think it's a little weird that it sounds like the afterlife. They're not very organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, I I feel most people would probably start reading the books. Mm-hmm. Or or the manual, but the maintenance they don't even flip through it right away. Yeah, they just kind of look at it and dismiss it. I mean, if I were dead, I would want to read that book like right away. Yeah, because I mean, you have questions. Maybe there's answers in there,、mm-hmm. right? So it, it took them、um, a few months actually before they actually go into the underworld. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just kind of weird that the living can like see the book. Yeah, you're right, and、yeah. touch it and everything.、Mm-hmm. So you you would think,、um, you know, like、uh, let, let's go ahead and talk about Juno, their caseworker here. She gets mad at them later on for l- maybe leaving the book lying around. You know, m- maybe she could have told them that the book is visible to others, you know,、yeah. to the living or something.、Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's whatever agency that is. You know,、mm-hmm. um, so let's talk about the deets. What do you think about Lydia? Um, well, you know, she is. 1980s. She had the emo slash goth vibe.、Um, I didn't think too much of her. I didn't really place it as Winona Ryder until I actually looked at the cast list, like right next to it, to look for、um, Principal Principal Rooney. Is that his name? Probably. I don't. I, I don't care about that that man enough to to know. <laughs> yeah. When I was looking up, he's got the, some bad juju.、Uh, yeah. Looking up the cast list, I was、um, I was surprised to find it was Winona Ryder. But yeah, it's she had a interesting look to her. I I could tell though, like immediately if、uh, they said that certain people can see the dead, I was like, oh, well, she's gonna be the first one that sees them. Yeah,、um, and you know that's kind of a it's it's a little bit of a trope. You know, you see that in like TVs and movies, whether they are ghosts or、um, I want to throw out an example like Quantum Leap. You know, Sam、um, or Al rather his his guide from the future is a hologram. Kids and animals can see Al. When nobody else can,、mm-hmm. or people that are a little unbalanced in the you know in the brain, you know, a little off the beaten path, or yeah, it's a TV and stuff. TV producers' way of saying, hey, people who aren't normal are actually more normal than us. Yeah. So、uh, yeah, so you guessed it. Lydia is able to see them.、Um, there's this、uh, whole subplot about the the attic.、Um, The attic is basically where Barbara and Adam spend most of their time, and I think it's kind of interesting. You know, that's their like safe haven. That's where they cannot be disturbed, basically, and、um, that's where they spend most of the time in the movie. 
Did you ever get bored up there at all? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the, most of the movie took place like in that house in general. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sure the production value wasn't very high when they made this movie. Uh, it was 15 million at the time. Oh, okay, that's not not too bad. Yeah, but I mean, it'd it be late 80s. Yeah, 15 million. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little low. If, if you think about it, I mean, there's some stop motion. There's some miniatures. Yeah. Not a whole lot of CG. He did good with what he had. Yeah. But um, the locations and uh, settings of the movie, I mean, I I feel like they could have, like, distanced a little bit more. But I get it. It's in a small town, in a house. That's the main thing. It's over a house. So it makes sense to just stay up in the attic. Right. Um, So they finally decide to go to the underworld. And uh, I thought this was kind of a funny sequence because Adam, he's reading the manual. And it says to draw a door on this brick wall which he does draws mm-hmm. a little handle or uh, a little knob yes and then he he's like oh i think i'm missing something he flips about two or three pages and he's like aha and then he knocks three times yeah i was just like how do you miss that part mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a door and three pages later yeah like it, it happens to be three pages later where it says to knock mm-hmm. uh i thought that was a little silly but um i guess one thing i kind of read that uh adam uh, or alec baldwin rather he um, this isn't a favorite movie of his. He does not like his own acting in here. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay for what it is. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it was a little cheesy at times, but I mean, there wasn't much that you could do in a movie that was as uh, campy as this. Yeah, I'm sure he did what he could with the with the material his uh, he was given. Um, so let's talk about the underworld. Well, what did you? I'm, I'm assuming that was maybe one of your favorite things. It was okay. I mean, it reminded me of uh, Corpse Bride. Okay. Another yeah, of his much. movies, yeah. like later in the uh, his career, but I expected. I don't know. I, I don't know what I expected. Like when they went through that door, but it was interesting to see that dead characters already there. There, there was a comment that Otho makes. Um, something about. Uh, gosh, I wish I had written it down. But basically, they were saying for those that take their own lives, they become like uh, c- civil servants or something like that. You know, it, it was kind of a, a joke. But if you think about the people that um, are serv- serving you know, at this agency where you got the receptionist, she slid her own wrists. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a flat man, you know, that kind of guides them around. He oh, yeah, probably, probably like, like jumped, jumped in front of a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, the caseworker, Juno, she, you know, she's got the uh, the slit in her neck, you know, from probably from smoking or I don't know if she took her own life. Uh-huh. That particular character i never quite got and i don't know if i missed something on this watch but i i didn't take it as suicide just the smoke i, I just felt that you know she had something done to her neck because i didn't even notice smoking. i didn't even notice all the oh uh, yeah little extra details there <laughs> well so yeah when she smoked her neck smoke um you know blows out air mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so that was a, a a nice little touch there but uh yeah it's something you know, maybe worth another watch or even just watch like a youtube clip of her you'll, you'll notice yeah i might it. have to go back and rewatch it um, the one, one thing I like about the underworld there, and this is something I didn't remember as a kid. Well, I kind of remembered the scene, but I didn't understand the, the relevance of it or even the foreshadowing, I guess. Th- there's one moment where they pass by this room where there's a bunch of like green floating ghosts, right? They called it like the lost room of souls or so, or the room, the room of lost souls. The room of lost souls, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, um, it was... The it was somebody he told the Maitlands that 
those souls are in there or were the ones that were exercised. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. and that comes back later on at the end of the movie. Right. You know, they, the Maitlands, they are exercised and they kind of appear to look like those lost souls. Well, that, that kind of had to be done because that was like one of the main pivotal points or sorry, one of the main pivotal plots in the story. I mean, the, the only reason that they needed Beetlejuice was to save them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think that was just some random guy too, just to move the story along. Yeah. Would have yeah. been better if it was like Juno or something. Is that is that her name? Yeah, G- Juno. Juno. Yeah, I I think they mention her name like once or twice, but they don't. I don't think they really call her that. I, I think the receptionist told her or something. Yeah. Um. So there's a, a couple of different hauntings that the Maitlands perform. That actually, all of them are unsuccessful, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the, the Maitlands apparently are just a little too uh too vanilla. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't seem to scare anybody. But the uh, the first time was was it the sheets? Yes, no, that was the, the first, second time. No, that was the, that was the first time. The, the, the first, first time, time was moaning um, and sheets, and the second time was the dinner. No, no, no. The first time was when um, they uh, the Deets first showed up, and they were looking around the house. And then oh. uh, Barbara, she she had, like, uh, cut off Adam's head. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, they didn't notice it. But um, there was one point they opened up the closet, and she, like, ripped off her face. Yes. Remember that one? Yes. Yeah, so that was the first haunting. Gotcha. And and that's when they realized that they can't be seen. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you like any of those little um, little tricks that they did yeah, with their faces? Yeah, I, uh, I was a little shocked for a second. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> so a little, little scary. Yeah, a little creepy, yeah. Yeah, I like the one where, yeah, she's in the closet and she rips off her face. I thought that was a, a really effective um, uh, trick that they did there. Mm-hmm. So the I'm second- just wondering how it would be, like, from their point of view as goats. Like, can you imagine, like, ripping off your face? And, mm. I mean, like you wouldn't feel anything, probably. Well, probably not. not. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine them feeling any type of pain unless it's something done to them by the the living. Yeah, you know, when, just... when that when that world collides, I feel that's when they can suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, as they do at the end of this movie. Yeah. So when they're inflicting pain on themselves, I don't think they can feel pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second one you know we mentioned are the sheets which was what would you think about that um before you say anything did did you ever watch the original halloween i was just about to okay. bring that up yeah and i don't think they had adam wear glasses on the outside it was in the inside yes so i think if it was on the outside it would have been really silly like halloween mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's funny i was i was thinking about that to bring that up so that's when lydia runs into them she, you know she's taking like polaroids and stuff noticed that um there's no legs in the polaroids um, but what I like about this sequence is um, they go to each of the family members. I think they started off with Charles, you know, who doesn't react. Well, they all react in one way, but they don't really pay attention. Oh, Charles, he thinks that it's Lydia under the sheets. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you, you know, better stop it or, you know, you're, um, Delia. You know, Delia would get upset because they're, you know, expensive sheets or whatever. And then they go to... Delia, who's asleep, and she thinks it's the TV, so she's trying to switch off the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but before they went into that room, Adam was telling Barbara they really need to sell this, so she really needs to like really moan, you know, like they really got to sell that moan. Yeah. And so you got Lydia, who's in her room next to Delia, and she's like, "Oh, good lord," you know. She's like, "Can you guys cut it out, please?" <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so as a kid, you know that goes over your head, but now mm-hmm. you watch that, you're like, "Aha!" Great <laughs> scene. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was pretty funny, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third time, I think that's when um, they do the actual faces, you know, like where Adam, he stretches out his his nose. And Lydia. No, Barbara. 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 Barbara, she opens up her mouth real wide 
and then her tongue comes out. I think that was their fourth attempted haunting, but the third one was the dinner party with all the. That's right. I'm sorry. You, you're correct. The yes. the dinner scene. Yes. So, what do you think about the dinner scene? That's a, a pretty iconic scene because that of the is, song involved as well. Yeah, it was a good scene. I just I, I don't understand how these people weren't scared to leave. <laughs> they were just like, oh, we can make profits off of this. Yeah, yeah. They just they see money. Yeah, right. They're, they're they're they now realize that there are ghosts there, and they see that it could be like a like a a haunted mansion or an amusement park of mm-hmm. some sort. Mm-hmm. And one guy is still like unconvinced that that it was you know supernatural. Um, so I, I kind of misremember that, but yeah, I, I thought that <laughs> I I don't remember that they enjoyed that and thought that they could make money off of it. Yeah, it's... I I kind of misremembered it and just thought that they're like, oh, look what I just did. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's it's very funny um, the contrast of horror. In the, uh, it's funny the contrast of horror between the '80s and now. It's like back then, you had your face shoved in food from invisible forces. You try and make money off of it, but now you hear a little bit of clapping next to your face, and you're just screaming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, over the years they tried to ground things, you know, make things more realistic, mm-hmm. and this has like some really minor jump scares. Yeah, you know, it's not a horror movie per se but you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. family friendly it's pg yeah you get one f-bomb mm-hmm. um okay so the uh the, the song you, you knew that song though the, the banana boat song yes so apparently that's a song that was from jamaica and i think what i read was that's a song that they would sing coming home from work like a long day of work and they just want to go home mm-hmm. and um so the song is is used in this scene because the Maitlands, they just want their home back. Yeah, all I could think of is um, Jason Drulo's Don't Want to Go Home song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, so exactly. whenever I hear the song, that's all I think of. I'm not a fan of that guy. Yeah, he's um, a wannabe usher. I, I call him a wannabe usher. <laughs> okay, so we talked about the, the, the dinner scene. Um, let's talk about, a little bit about Beetlejuice. Uh, I, I know we kind of skipped some of his scenes, and I just wanted to incorporate them all. Uh, so the very first time we see him, Right, it's kind of like the um, you know Bloody Mary, right? You're supposed to say his name three times. Mm-hmm. You say his name three times, and I thought this was interesting too because Juno says, "Do not reach out for, uh, for his assistance." Mm-hmm. They say his name three times instead of him coming to them. They have to go dig him up. Yeah, how did he end up there? <laughs> I, I I don't know. Did Juno put him there because she he used to work for her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And earlier you you see him grabbing a fly out of his oh yeah yeah that's right right. so maybe he that was a little tease theatrics yeah what would you think of that that scene where he eats the fly it's a little a little sick huh yeah it was it was weird i don't know there's a lot of this movie is weird that's that's the best way i can put it when did you realize it was michael keaton you know if i didn't look up imdb cast kiss cast listings i would have never guessed it was michael keaton when did you look it up i looked it up um after about like 10 minutes after you first see the dad because I just I could not remember where I saw him and I had to confirm it was the oh. principal okay yeah. okay yeah that's interesting okay so so you didn't you hadn't even seen him yet at that yeah, point yeah I hadn't, I hadn't okay. seen him I was like well Mike, Michael Keaton's this Beetlejuice guy yeah um, so so I, I do wonder if yeah. you would have recognized him Did, I don't think I would have no I definitely wouldn't have he, he is so <laughs> um, how much of the 89 Batman do you remember a very big portion of it, most of it. Do you remember the scene where he goes to v- visit Vicky Vale and then Joker, Joker shows, shows up? up in his, yeah, yeah, that's a do. So there's a little bit of a 
crazy Bruce Wayne that he does in there that's a little like Beetlejuice in this, you know, like the mannerism, you know, where he shouts. He's like, you want to get nuts? Oh, Let's uh-huh. get nuts. See, right. like that's that's Beetlejuice to me, uh-huh. you know, so I, I often see that. Um, the other thing is like, what do you think about him being casted as Bruce Wayne after having done Beetlejuice? I think that's really funny. It's funny to think about him going from Beetlejuice to Batman um, to Birdman to Vulture. I don't know, it's just... <laughs> It's very funny to see uh, actors undergo um, comedic roles and then eventually into serious, even superheroic, superheroic roles. Did Did you know like that was a thing uh, back then that a lot of people they were not happy with the casting? Yes, because oh. you know he was known for his more comedic roles. Oh, oh, Michael Keaton in general. Michael Keaton, yes, right. Yeah, yeah, people weren't happy. Kind of the same thing with like Heath Ledger as a Joker. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger like, Joker. He, he hasn't done anything that. Makes us think Joker, you know, until he just does it and mm-hmm. then wins an Oscar for it. That's just how people are nowadays with superheroes in general. They hear any casting and they get infuriating over it. They do. You know, that's uh, internet trolls, right? Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the Maitland's first encounter with them? You know, uh, I, I mentioned that the the Beetlejuice we saw in Universal Studios was very repulsive, very much like this one here. He he has no manners. You know, mm-hmm. he's trying to look up on, under Barbara's dress and mm-hmm. um, hugging on her and hugging on Adam and all this. You know what's really beautiful about this? You two kids picked me. You didn't have to, but you picked me. It makes me want to kiss you guys. Come on. Come no. On. Give me one. No. You're no. hard one, huh? All right. Let's get down to this. You're right. I got a card around here somewhere. Here. Here. Who do I have to kill? Here, hold that for me, would you? There you go. You don't have to kill anybody. Ah, possession. Good. Learn to throw your voice. Fool your friends. Fun and party. <gasps> no, we just want to get some people out of our house. Ah, I understand. I understand. Well, look, in order to do that, I'm really going to have to get to know you guys. You know, we got to get closer. Move in with you for a while. Get to be real pals. You know what I'm saying? And... Yeah, I thought it was, it was really funny, but uh, definitely reminded me of what I saw in Universal Studios. <laughs> he, he did do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he was kind of like that with other people too. Uh-huh. Um, do you could you have used more Beetlejuice? I mean, it is called Beetlejuice. Definitely. I mean, I was expecting a lot more Beetlejuice, but like even after you first introduced to him, they just kind of kicked him to the side. Yeah, shrunk him. So they, to speak. They, they leave him there. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Is that the same scene where he kicks down the tree? Says, you know, nice flipping model. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because he gets mad. So, he <laughs> so just... they just leave him there, mm-hmm. right? So and then, uh, she, they she's like, get home, home, club. home, you mm-hmm. know, and then uh, goes goes back to the house. I don't remember that being a thing either. Like, I, I remember them leaving him there by mm-hmm. himself. I'm like, how did they get back? Mm-hmm. So she just repeats home three times. Yeah. And, I mean, it reminded me of uh, Wizard of Oz a little bit. There's no place like home. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So the, the next time I think um, we see him... Um, I think it's Lydia. The, yeah, well, Lydia is involved, but it's when he kind of attacks the Deets, and she, uh, Lydia, thinks that he's mixed in with the Maitlands at this point because she, she's like, "How can you guys do this?" You know, and they didn't get a chance to respond. Like, no, that's he's not with us. You know, like they initially wanted his help, mm-hmm. but he, gosh, I I forgot. Oh, didn't Lydia Lydia call them? Right, you said yeah. But hmm. but that was at the end of the movie, yeah. And I I think, well I think she she first saw him and you know he's doing like the charades, which by the way he's pretty terrible at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty bad at, uh, at charades. Um, and then I think they catch her just in time before she says his name. 
because that's where they come back from seeing Juno and you know disforming their faces. Well, disfiguring their she faces. She was she she already made the um made the decision to not say it. Like she was about to say it, and then she stopped herself and said, "No, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna gonna get you out of there." And then uh, the couple interferes. I think Maitland's. The um. So let's jump to the exorcism. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about uh, about that? Um, just real quick, Otho is quite a douche. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how he has been teasing that uh, he knows very much about the supernatural as much as he does about interior design. And then when they're about to do the exorcism, Lydia's like, oh, what am I thinking? You can't even change a tire. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good line. Yeah. Um, this scene reminded me a lot of Hercules. Okay. The Disney version, the adaption. Uh, the scene where Meg is floating around in the soul chamber pot or whatever and Hercules dive in and save her and he is dissolving. That's what the scene really okay. reminded me of. Okay, yeah. I can see that. Meg's one of my favorite... Uh, um, leading ladies of Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's uh, she's a pretty good character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the exorcism um, kind of goes on for a while. Yeah. You know, you, you get a little mix of everything too. You got uh, the, 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 the little preacher uh, of whatever he was. Mm-hmm. You know, you get some more, um, more sand snakes. Yes. And is this where we get... No, we got the, the snake Beetlejuice earlier. Yeah, that was just kind of a preview of what he could do. And I, if I remember, I think I read that that was already, um, you know, the concept of that snake was already made before Michael Keaton was cast. That's why he doesn't really look like Michael Keaton. Mm. Or it could have been something somebody made up to explain why he didn't look like Michael Keaton. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. And I feel there's like, I don't know if it was a scene, because I, I, I might have missed it taking notes, but I think there's a scene or like a screenshot out there where Beetlejuice looks like a big phallic shape thing. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's, you know, like the color and all of that stuff. Or I might be mixing it up with another movie. I don't know. Okay. But um, something about Snake. But anyway, so the exorcism, yeah, it does go on for a while. And you see, you know, the maintenance, they kind of age up and then disintegrate, you know, because they... You know, turn into bones and, and all that. Did you like that effect at all? Did you think that was a pretty cool scene? Yeah, it was a cool scene. Sequence? It was a little sad to see them growing so old and like about to wither away. Yeah, but, and then Otho even like apologizes. You, I don't know how to make it stop. Like you douche, you're the one who got it started. You mm-hmm. know, and and again, he apparently was looking through this manual. Why would they have like steps for exorcism in that manual when it's for the recently deceased? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, maybe it's just for people who want to be lost i mean de- souls can be depressing sometimes i guess i mean this this manual is just as bad as the almanac in back to the future too yeah <laughs> you know so um let's uh jump to the end here where everything is kind of uh back to normal they defeat beetlejuice because he forced lydia to marry him right and there's there is one moment that i did, I did like during the ceremony uh, ceremony i guess you can call it where Beetlejuice is looking for a ring and he pulls out like this finger with a ring still on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Lydia, she reacts to that. And he's like, oh, she meant nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly a, you know, uh, his last wife, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, they defeat Beetlejuice. Um, 
And then at the end of the movie, everything seems to be back to normal. The Deets and the Maitlands seem to be able to cohabit or live together. I'll just say live together. Um, I'm not great with words, but yeah, they are living together. And it seems as though the Maitlands are the ones that are more of the parents to Lydia because they're asking about her grades and all that. And it seems like Charles and Delia are just kind of often doing their own thing mm-hmm. at the home. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think about her getting the A, allowing her to do this uh, little thing at the end with the uh, the Maitlands? That was interesting, um, and it was funny to see how uh, they had a, they even had a book that said how to or how the living and non living can coexist or something like that. Um, it's interesting to have uh, two sets of parents: one's dead, one's not. Yeah, and the dead ones are the ones who seem to be more there for her. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that you know we do see her, um, you know, attending school, and then she comes to the house and gives Adam like some new pictures of, uh, I think, like a new building in town mm. that you know for for his model, like mm-hmm. he can't go out himself. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the Maitlands just want to stay inside the attic like the entire time. Yeah, I mean that seems like a pretty lonely way to live, though. I mean, even if it is them three, um, I'd be kind of bored just staying in an attic the rest of my undead life and the very last end here is uh should have been like a mid-credit scene you know nowadays but you got beetlejuice who's in that waiting room now oh yeah he's sitting in between like the woman that's like sawed in half Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of funny but he's sitting next to this like witch doctor uh the witch doctor has like the number four you know for um you know the ticket Mm -hmm. waiting line with the waiting line and then i think like uh beetlejuice has like something upwards in the trillions yeah you know he really high a really high number and then he's like hey you know what's that basically and switches like the guy's not gonna notice yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) did did you like that at all that was really funny funny. yeah seeing Beetlejuice on screen every time it popped up was just really enjoyable to watch the um the the guy with the shrunken head that he sat next to i remember that being a toy um that was a big thing after the the release of the movie was barbara and adam you know with their disfigured faces Mm -hmm. that look so you had a toy for each of those you had a bunch of different beetle juices and then you had the shrunken head um I don't remember what else, but there was definitely a lot of toys. And then even more so when the cartoon came out uh, because there was more interesting characters, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of make into toys. But um, overall, you like this movie? Yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised watching it. Yeah, so this is obviously a a favorite of a lot of people uh, my age, I, I, I feel, especially, you know, those that like Tim Burton movies. Um, on Rotten Tomato, uh, it has the movie fresh at 83%. Wow. You know, a little bit mm-hmm. higher than I thought. Mm-hmm. And IMDb has it at a 7.5. So not too far off. 7.5 for IMDb and 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which score would you kind of lean more towards? I'd probably lean towards the IMDb 7.5. I think that's honestly really high, 7.5. Um, especially for a movie of this caliber, I would have expected like a 6.7. Okay. Maybe. Okay, so you 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 feel it's a, it's just above average. Yeah, it's above just, just average. slightly above average. Okay, um, I'm I'm probably gonna uh, kind of agree with you here. I'm gonna lean more towards a seven point five because I think that's that's already high enough. Eighty three percent. I mean, there's a lot of things to like. Critically, mm-hmm. I think the movie is really really good. Um, for me, I can use more Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. I could use more of the other side. You uh-huh. know, more kookiness. You know that we know from Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we spend a little too much time with the Deets and the Maitlands. I mean, the Maitlands are the main characters, but I would have mm-hmm. preferred them 
in the underworld more or maybe yeah, be more been, effective scaring the deets. Yeah, it would have been more fun to see them, uh, this new dead couple, just adventuring in the undead world rather yeah. than spending their time and in that's, the attic. That's kind of what they try to do with the you know the cartoon series. They, they try to spend more time in the underworld and you know um, exploring like the different type of weird people, even though it should just be like dead people. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they just have like weird creatures. Um, but yeah, uh, any other thoughts of, of this movie? Any other scenes that stuck out to you you want to talk about? Um, not that I can think of at the top of my head. Okay. So uh, that will wrap up our review of Beetlejuice for its 30th anniversary. Um, so I'm not sure when Phoenix will be joining in again. But uh, if you want to continue the conversation with me, you can uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter at Paul Stalgic. Uh, you can visit CortonParts.com for a lot of the other contents that I produce or join the Facebook group page. It's called Podstalgic and Friends. It's a brand new uh, group page I just started. Basically, I'm just going to post everything that I uh, produced, whether I host it or guest host it. Um, it's just going to be a one-stop shop for everything that I do. Uh, so, you, you know, we can talk about the movies I've covered or the movies I will be covering. You guys can leave feedback that way too. Um, you know, it's brand new. Got, got, I don't know, about 12 people in there right now. So, uh, so far, you know, it's semi-active, you know, for what I'm doing so far. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's going to do it. I want to thank you guys for uh, your continued support. Uh, if you have a few moments, please consider leaving an iTunes review. That's really going to help out the show, uh, which, by the way, I do want to read a couple here real quick. All right. Uh, the first one comes from Noelle, uh, who is the host of Howl on Life, a friend of the show. She says, great show for any nostalgia, uh, five stars. Um, the, the title is cut off. But that's, I'm assuming it says nostalgia or nostalgic. Uh, she says, new listener to Podstalgic and already loving it. Each show covers, for the most part, a movie we, millennials, Generation Y, grew up watching and breaks it down scene by scene. So even if it's been years since you've seen the movie, you, you're easily able to see it clearly. It's also great seeing how many guests end up on episodes who sometimes were in the film. Uh, overall, a great movie podcast from someone who loves films. So uh, thank you, Noelle, for that. Um, shes I, I think she's referring to some of the interviews that I've done. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I interviewed Aaron Schwartz, uh, who was one of the original Mighty Ducks in the first Mighty Ducks movie. Um, the character of Amal, who was in Sister Act 2, I interviewed him. He also goes on to become a Grammy uh, award-winning artist. Um the Gabriel Jarrett, who played Mitch from Real Genius, I interviewed. So yeah, go back and check out some of this older stuff where um, I was uh, very fortunate to uh, get some of the the uh, the actors to come on. Uh, Diane Franklin, who's been on the show twice as well. She was in you know the first Bill and Ted movie. She was on um, to um, kind of reminisce about Better Off Dead uh, on that episode as well. Um, I had uh, William Ford, who was in Karate Kid Three. Um, you know, he also came on. And the the next one uh, comes from Ashley, uh, who is the host of Rabbit Ears. Uh, she says, awesome movies remembered, five stars. Uh, Peter's show makes me remember so many movies I'd forgotten and makes me want to watch them again. I enjoy the fond re- remembrance of my childhood while listening to the show. I love the range of movies discussed as well. The conversation is always lively and informative. Highly recommend. So uh, thank you, Ashley, for that. Definitely check uh, her out. Her show is also on the Podfix uh, network, which uh, most of those uh, hosts and podcasts, they have uh, been guests on this show as well. 
So again, if you guys have a few moments, please consider leaving a review, even if it's just, you know, a, uh, a star rating. So um, that's going to do it for me. I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And we will see you guys next time. Stack banana till the morning come. Daylight come and me one go home. Come, Mister Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me one go home. Come, Mister Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me one go home. Live six foot, seven foot, eight foot, one. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.